WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. All right, I got a few questions. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, All right. Should uh, I step boy, out of the I'm room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. I remember going to the Big East Tournament and all of a sudden going home immediately. I don't remember. It was like my first year working at Syracuse. They played the noon game against Georgetown and you were going home on the on the 2 o'clock jet. <laughs> you know, it was over. It it stinks losing to Georgetown in the tournament. Yeah, it it does. Um, and I, you're, you know, you and I are both old, but you, you weren't old enough to be there, you know, for for Ewing and Pearl, and you know, like you were, you were not working at that point. You were right. probably still what high school age kid yeah. or so at, at at that point. But this rivalry, it you know, and and we saw in Requiem for the Big East, it it built the conference. I mean, the players. And the coaches, you know, the, the characters helped build the conference. But this rivalry in particular helped build the conference to where it was and helped make, you know, they, they benefited from each other. Georgetown and Syracuse benefited from each other. Um, you know, they made each other, you know, really good year in and year out. And it was it was so competitive and so heated. And and they really were hated. Like, that, they were a hated rival. You know, you look around the ACC now, you say, well, maybe Virginia's a rival, maybe Duke's a rival. Those are like friendly rivalries to some degree. Like certainly the Duke one with Coach K and Bayheim and their friends, and you know everybody wants to beat Duke, but it's it's kind of a civilized rivalry. The Georgetown Syracuse like legitimately was we hate them, right? I mean, right? It, it was, and that's part of what made it great. Yeah, and I don't think there's been a team in the ACC that's taken over. I just think this one's lost its luster. I was actually talking to Eric in Chris Joseph on the show earlier that I felt I felt towards the end Yukon was a bigger yeah no that's true was a bigger rival and Chris disagreed but Eric agreed he's like yeah Yukon you know there was a, there was a tension at the end there yeah and and I think some of it too is what makes a rivalry is you're playing for something every time you like there's always something on the line and that it's Syracuse and Georgetown were always playing for Big East regular season titles or it felt like they were meeting in the championship game at the garden it, it felt like it always meant a lot and with Syracuse UConn obviously it felt UConn, like UConn went, was like the number one yeah, team in right. the country UConn every time. went through that stretch where they were right they were you know an elite program not so much anymore but at one time you know they were near the top of the polls year in and year out, and you were playing for something. You were playing, you know, maybe a top five team or you know the top team in the Big East Conference. And so, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. You also had a thing in the Big East where it felt like every, like early on, it felt in college basketball has changed, but it felt like every team was a rival. Like you knew the names of every player on every team, and they were coming in in. You hated them. Right. Like you knew God, Sham God, and, you know, Dickie Simpkins were rolling in from, you know, there's Providence. Sure. And, you know, you knew Bell and, 
Yeah. All those guys from BC were coming in. Yeah. Hurley. Mm-hmm. You, you hated all of them. And it just, it, it'll take time in the ACC to build that up, but. See, and, and that's, you know, you go back to that Requiem for the Big Eric East. Eric Murdoch. Like, right. BC now, you're like, hey. Back then, you knew, you knew those dudes were coming in, and they were good. And Going back to that film, that you know, they pointed it out, right, that it was about characters back then. It was like, oh, I'm going to turn on the TV, and no, oh, tonight it's, you know, Raleigh Massimino against Luke Carnesecca, mm-hmm. and, you know, tonight it's John Thompson against Jim Beheim. And, and, again, back in the day, college basketball has changed, but guys were staying three and four years. You know, you got to see several years of Ewing and several Mullen. years of Coleman and – and yeah, Mullen and and you know so you know Ed Pinkney from Villanova yes. and and you got it wasn't one and done it wasn't oh oh that Ed Pinkney he was pretty good and he's gone the next year it was they they stayed and so you got to know him and and that's you know that's how the the rivalries were built and it it is different now and um you we know, felt I, like Kerry Kittles was at Villanova for <laughs> a decade there was a lot of players Sean like Miller that. at Pitt sure you know sure it, yeah it was it was a much different time back then yeah. Um, and it's, you know, this Georgetown thing, it's not the true rivalry anymore than it used to be, but it's still fun. Like this week has been fun seeing Syracuse Nova and getting to see Syracuse Georgetown tomorrow. And I, I don't know if we'll get to the Jerry McNamara interview or not, but I asked Jerry that at the end of the interview about, um, you know, it's fun for the media and the fans this week. And I said, is it fun for, for you guys as coaches? And he was like, absolutely. He said, you know, I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't miss it. Um, you know, he played in it, Griff played in it, Adrian Autry, you know, Jim Beheim, you know, obviously was a huge part of this rivalry for so many years. Like they lived it, you know. So these games, even though they don't mean what they used to mean, they absolutely still mean something to the fan base and and to the to the coaches. And, you know, the players, maybe not so much. You know, they, you know, obviously Jimmy and and Buddy lived it as kids, like growing up. And, and seeing the rivalry up close and personal, but I'm not sure it really means all that much to the, the rest of the players on the roster. Yeah, and I, I hate saying this, but we're old. Yes, we and are. And we, we care about it. I find it difficult. Like, I guarantee you Jordan doesn't, our right. producer doesn't care right. about Jordan. And probably family. doesn't get it either. Yeah. Like, it's it's no fault of, yeah. you know, anybody No, they who's, grew up in yeah. a different time. Like, right. Duke and Virginia are the teams they're playing now. Right. I mean, or even towards the end of the Big East Conference, like, Syracuse-Georgetown had lost some of its luster because Georgetown wasn't as good anymore, you know? Um so they, I, they, it's it's no fault of their own. Like they, they don't get it. But those of us who experienced it and watched it, um, and and lived it every year. I mean, the, obviously the players lived it, but you know, fans and and those, you know, you and I both grew up in this area, and we we got to see so many great games. Like you know, I was I was it, in the building for the three technical game. Like I, I that is a memory I will have for for you know the rest of my life. It's also different in games now. It's an occasion when there's. 30,000 people in the dome. Right. Back then, the Big East was 30,000 every yeah. night. Especially Georgetown. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Was, no, but I'm saying, yeah. like, the Big East was so different back then. Like, every team on on a, you know, on a conference game night, you were pushing 30. Yeah. You know? Like, when BC rolls in now, you're not... You're not getting thirty. You're not getting thirty for, well, for I think NC there are, State. There yeah. are there are some some factors that go into that, right? I mean, Syracuse was top twenty consistently back mm-hmm. then. Uh, less games were on TV back right. then. Um, it you know it it was a, certainly a different time. And as we said, you I think there was more connection with the opponents because you know you had third and fourth year players on every team, and 
Um, so I think there are some factors. Again, it's 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 different now. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better or worse. It's just it is different. Yeah, and I also remember being a kid in San Diego, and that game was huge. It was on at nine o'clock in the morning, yeah. but it was it was huge. You I know? mean, Mike Hopkins talks about yeah. that. About you would that's wake why, up, yeah. You would wake up early to watch Syracuse Georgetown, and I I was living in San Diego. Right. That's what, and Mike Hopkins will tell you that you know, growing up in California, that he wanted to come and play in the dome, and he remembers you know the the Syracuse Georgetown games that he watched, and you know he fell in love with it across the country, um, and he you know he wanted to be a part of this program. That's why he came here. So it's you know, is it still a rivalry? Uh, you know. Debatable. I, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a rivalry. I think it will always be a rivalry for Coach Beheim for the rest of that staff. I think for a faction of this fan base. But you know, truly, is it still a rivalry? Probably not. We're kind of hanging on to something that uh, that once yeah. was very. Great. It went, and when Coach Beheim leaves, it's done. Right. You know, there's right. nothing left to the glory days. Of it. Well, your staff right now, all of these guys played in it. Yeah, and, I know. And, but the, and the head coach at Georgetown played in it. So there's there's still that connection. You know, Dikembe Mutombo's son is on the team. There's there's still some connections, but uh yes, it will it it will take a, a big hit. Um and who knows if they'll even continue to play. I like the fact that they're still on the schedule and they're finding ways to play and um but you know, who knows if they'll even continue to play when Jim Baham's not here. Right. And and people in the chat are saying it it was, it was one of the biggest rivalries in sports. Yes, you know, right. It was up there back then. You know, like you can put it with Red Sox, Yankees back then. You can put it with Duke, North Carolina. Well, yeah, we had Jim Beheim on, on yesterday. Yeah. He said just that. He said it was it was as big as Duke, Carolina. Yeah, it's, and that's as know, big as it gets. In Raven Steelers. Right. It's it's as big a rivalry as there is. You know, so and now it's it's lost its luster. Yeah, you mentioned the Steelers. Are well, you ready to admit they're not? Uh, they're pretty good. Are are they? Yeah, they're yeah. all right. Are they? Yeah, I think. Dude, did you see the end of the game? I like, did see. The I end think of when the game. they play well, they're really good. I just think yeah. they struggled. We might have to. We might have to touch on that when we're giving our picks. Right. That play by Claypool too, after he gets the first down and yeah, celebrating you, instead of giving the ball to the yeah. ref, and then Farmuth's got to make that catch at the end. Of yeah, the game. well, he got crushed between three guys, but yeah. make the catch. Yeah, make the catch. Um, in any event, you said Steelers. You got you you got me off track there. But we're going to take a time out here. You were throwing gonna... shade on the text last night. I was. It was because... very unStephen Fonte. Like no, I'm just I'm sick of you saying like, oh, the Steelers aren't bad. They're garbage. They. I mean, the, the whole first half of that game. I mean, they're they're average. They'll never be as bad as the Bills. Were. Average is a compliment. Yeah, they beat the Bills, they, and they're in the hunt. They have a terrible. They have a terrible team right now, and they're in the hunt. Yeah, they beat the Bills first Steelers week of the gonna, season. Uh, Steelers going to steal. Okay, all right, all right. They didn't win though last night. They're they're not making the playoffs in any event. We'll they could go here. on a four, like being a Steelers fan. They could they could not make the playoffs, and I'll be fine because they they've won so much during <laughs> my life. But they also could just go on a four game winning streak without without any. That wouldn't surprise me at all because they're the Steelers. See, that's the thing. I have no comeback for that because you responded to me last night. You sound like a, a fan of a team who's never won a Super Bowl. I don't have a comeback for that. So that's <laughs> that's the that's the ultimate uh, ace in the hole for you. We got to take a timeout. Uh, we're going to continue the college basketball talk on the other side. Kevin Fitzgerald, play-by-play man from ESPN, joins us next as we continue to preview Syracuse Georgetown. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. 
Stephen Fonsi, Polly Sebelia, back with you here on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. As promised, we go to our guest line to bring on our first guest today. He is a 2014 grad of the Newhouse School of Communications, working play-by-play for ESPN. Kevin Fitzgerald is our guest on the show. Kevin, great to talk to you. How are you today? Hey, Steve and Paulie, it's been too long. Good to talk with you guys. Great to have you on. And uh, I know that you uh, you recently called uh, a Georgetown game. You had the UMBC game when uh, when Caden Rice uh, went nuts and had those 10 threes the other night. Uh, let's start right there, I guess. What can you tell us about this Georgetown team? Uh, you know, what, what should we expect to see tomorrow out of the Hoyas? Yeah, yeah, you're right on. I've, I've actually kind of turned in their turned into their quasi-announcer. I've seen them twice this week and have had them a couple of times, but... Yeah, I, I got to first say when when Jordan reached out, I kind of chuckled because you nailed it. I'm, I'm the Syracuse grad being brought on to talk about Georgetown, so I've kind of finally I finally uh, made it to the ultimate double agent status. <laughs> but hey, you know Georgetown, I think at this point in the year, from from what I saw, I think they're still trying to find their identity. The one thing that I would say immediately, and and the player to keep an eye on is their five star freshman, and that's that's Aminu Muhammad. And he has not performed like a freshman. He, he is a bulky, wide, really athletic freshman uh, that was going to be heavily relied upon this year, I think, from the get-go. And he's definitely, you know, stepped up to the task, to say the least. He's their leading scorer. He's a really active guy around the rim. He's a great rebounder. Uh, I think an instinctual player. And, and you see that in the way he attacks the basket and the way he scores and the way he's able to pull down some offensive rebounds as well. So, I mean, he is someone who I wonder what will it look like against the zone? Uh, because he, uh, the, the primary, I think, way he's getting his points is, is on the drive. The shot's still coming along just a bit. And does that 2-3 zone kind of stifle him a little bit? But regardless, he is just super athletic and a really good instinctual player, knows when to get out of passing lanes, when to make the right pass, when to hit the offensive glass. So he, he has been, you know, heavily relied upon. And thus far, you know, he, he's shown his talents this year for Georgetown. Now, we saw Syracuse knock off Florida State last week in large part because the Seminoles uh, just shot dreadfully from the outside. They hung with Villanova because Villanova shot dreadfully from the outside for the first half and then made some shots in the second half and came back to win. Uh, When you look at this Georgetown team, they've only got two guys on their roster right now with double-digit made threes, but both of them are really good. you got Donald Carey making 44%. you got Caden Rice making 45%. How well-equipped are the Hoyas uh, you know, to, to hit outside shots and, and beat the zone in that way? I think they are this year more so than years past. You know, during Patrick Ewing's tenure, I think you nailed two of them right there. One of them is Carey, who is really, really smooth, smooth pure shooter. And, and, you know, he could still get to the rim as well, but he's got a really good shot from deep. You, you nailed it, too. Caden Rice, you know, the guy hit 11 threes. Uh, it, it, it went for 35 against UMBC. I mean, the ball does not surprise him. And those two in particular, they're, they're fifth-year seniors. And Carey's uh, case, he's a sixth-year senior. So their experience, they played a lot of games. You know, Rice, for example, he, he's a transfer. So he's spending his, his graduate year, his fifth year at Georgetown. He actually played for the Citadel in South Carolina, and, and that's a, that's kind of a, a unique program where they are just hyper-focused on the threes. So this guy, Rice, has taken like seven, eight threes a game for his career. It, that, that is not like some new staple to his game. So he is not hesitant 
to let it fly. Now, and, and we, we clearly saw what the peak performance is like. I mean, the ball doesn't surprise him. The shot is pretty effortless and smooth. And, and it's not just those two as well. It's Dante Harris. And I think, I think Patrick is more willing to say, hey, let's spread it out a little bit. We can play four out. We can kind of do this pacing and spacing thing. They're, they're, Georgetown is going to be without their starting center. That's Timothy Egoefe for another game. He broke his hand last week. So I think there's this willingness to basically trend towards that style and yeah, they'll they'll let it go. Now the the question is, is it going to be fifty like like Villanova, you know, uh, tossed up there? Uh, we'll see. Uh, but th- but this year in particular, it does appear that Georgetown is more equipped to basically uh, you know let that three, let the outside shot be more of a staple of its offense because they've got some of the pieces and and players that can do that. Kevin, I'm curious, as you prepared to call those games uh, for Georgetown, if you got a sense of the feelings toward Patrick Ewing in and around that fan base. Obviously, he's royalty within that program. You, you look at his his coaching record, though, 15-15 and 15 the first year, 19-14, and 15-17, and 13-13 last year. They sneak into the tournament because they go on a run uh, in the Big East uh, Championship, uh, you know, 4-4 four and four this year. Is is it good enough because it's Patrick Ewing and and he's just going to kind of be there and they're going to give him every opportunity to build the program or are the you know the natives getting restless to some degree with uh, with you know with the struggles of this program? Yeah, that's a good question, and I'll zoom in on there. You 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 kind of brought it to light that you can't hide from the results, and you know four years in, this is now his fifth year, but four years of Big East play and. You know they've won thirty-seven percent of their their Big East games. That's just quite simply that's you know that's that's clearly not good enough. That's that's below average. That's you know anybody can kind of uh, can understand that. Restless, I, you know, I I don't know if there's much of that, but I but I don't think the fan base is clearly happy with sixty-five and sixty-four. You know, over the last few years or so, I, I think this year's team is a younger one. But and, and that's what's well, one side of the equation. On the other hand. It's a younger team because this is Patrick Ewing just signed his, his best class in his five years at Georgetown. This was a top 20 class nationally. I've already spotlighted Aminu Muhammad, not just a five-star. They've got two four-stars in there as well. One of them is the Kembe Mutombo's son. That's Ryan Mutombo. So if there is one thing that you could maybe hang your hat on or one thing that you can invest in, it's that, look, he, he signed his best class. And they're going to be younger this year. That, that's that's just you know point blank. That's it's as simple as that. Uh, and at times he's played three, four freshmen on the floor at one time with players like Rice or Harris and Carey. Those are the, the more experienced players. So I think there's going to be that kind of learning curve or, or that curve the, the the next few years when you have such a young roster and you've got five freshmen and you brought in a transfer. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of been a dubious last couple of years. I mean, they've had some players transfer away from the program, and they've kind of gone on and had a little success uh, elsewhere. But they do have they've got something to invest in, and that is some you know really highly regarded freshmen that should hopefully grow over the next couple of years. ESPN play-by-play man Kevin Fitzgerald joining us here for another few minutes on Orange Nation. Uh, let's switch gears now, Kevin, and talk some Syracuse basketball. Uh, you being an alum, I, I assume that uh, that you keep track of uh, of the Orange and and, um, and and check them out when you can. What have your impressions been, I guess, so far through nine games uh, of this season for Syracuse? 
I know. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and not only just Syracuse, but keeping track of the George, those Georgetown Syracuse, the, the rivalry games over the last couple of years. I, I was in the building a few years ago when, uh, you know, when, when, when Andrew White hit the game winner, I remember being in the garden for that last, or I should say Tyus battle. I think it was, yep. I remember being in the garden for that, that final Big East tournament battle, the, you know, the overtime battle. So, and I hope we get a good one uh, as we have had, when these two teams have clashed in years past. So, Hey, I, I, I think this team clearly still has quite a bit of potential and, and clearly have the ability to, you know, just perform a little bit better once we head into ACC play. I mean, I think we have seen this over the years, um, you know, at times, maybe early on in the year, there's some challenges, there's some hurdles, there are some struggles, but there's one thing that, you know, that this team can do and then uh, that Jim Beheim does, and that is, you know, compete in the ACC, make the tournament, and, and maybe go on a run. You know, I think it's, it's kind of been well-documented at this point. We know what, uh, what Buddy is capable of doing. I know he's, he's trying to get the shot going like we saw at the tail end of last season, but I like the experience. I like Buddy. I love what Joe, what Joe Girard has kind of evolved into over these last couple of years. I like the addition of Cole Swider. I mean, he clearly, you know, he, he adds a presence down low as a really good rebounder. And Jesse Edwards, I think, has, has evolved and transformed into a really reliable post player. So I think the potential is all there. And, you, and you, you nailed it earlier. This team is capable of beating Florida State. They're capable of putting 112 up on Indiana. And, and sometimes I think we've seen that in, in recent years. Uh, you know, you go through some of the early season challenges and hurdles, but, but ultimately... Uh, you know, this team kind of reaches its potential once it gets to the big dance. You know, Kevin, you just alluded to it there a moment ago, the, the series and the rivalry with Georgetown. You know, Paulie and I are, are much older than you, and, you know, I, I grew up on Syracuse Georgetown. I grew up in this area, and that was yeah. that was the rivalry, really, in college basketball, and it helped build the Big East Conference. And, and you know, you're a younger alum. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this game. Do you like seeing this game on the schedule? Does it not mean that much to you? You know, you being a younger guy, what, what are your thoughts on Cuse Georgetown? I do for, for all the reasons you just laid out right there, because I, because I, I understand the nostalgia and the significance behind it to a, a large swath of, you know, almost every single alum of, of each institution, you know, there's still some weight behind it. I, again, the last few years you've had the former, you know, the, the, the former King himself, Patrick Ewing of the big East during his time when he played at Georgetown in the eighties. Now is that that was the head coach and you've got those two and he and Jim Bayheim on the sidelines. So I think there's still significance to it. I think it brings about some great nostalgia. And you see the images of Patrick and Pearl going at it. And I, I think that's valuable. I think that's, that's a, a key component to college sports is, is, is the rivalry, is kind of the pageantry behind some of these games. And, you know, kudos to Syracuse and Georgetown for keeping this going since, you know, since, since the, the Big East. Uh, you know, obviously dismantled and, and kind of evolved into what it is right now. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's great for college basketball. And what's better is, hey, having these teams back at the peak as well in the top 25. Imagine if that's, you know, if, if like a top 25 battle between Syracuse and Georgetown, you know, crops up again in, in, in years to come. I think that's terrific for the sport. I think it's terrific for everybody who supports and, and really adores both of those programs. 
you know, as we do. Yeah, that's Paulie and I were talking about that. That that's one of the reasons it's lost some of its luster. Obviously, they're not in the same conference anymore, playing each other two or three times a year. But you know, part of what made it great is that it's it seemed like they were always playing with something on the line. And if they right. can, you know, both play, you know, as as top twenty five opponents, that would be that would be really cool uh, to bring that back into the equation. Uh, last one for you, Kevin. Before we get you out of here, just when you look at this matchup tomorrow, uh, Syracuse Georgetown down in DC. What do you think it ultimately comes down to? How do you think it's going to play out? Man, I think it comes down to the battle. You know, I, I'm almost going to start to sound like a like your your typical coach here, but just the battle on the boards. I mean, hey, Georgetown does a really good job. Uh, you know, on the offensive glass. Uh, you know, I think we all we all saw the number uh, from from a couple of days ago and what Villanova did on the offensive glass, and and you know, ultimately that led to you know, some additional shots, uh, shots, some additional threes, and Justin Moore and, and Colin Gillespie were kind of able to do what they did. So I think if they could take care of that battle, and, and it might favor, again, it might favor Syracuse just with the absence of Georgetown starting five-man. That's, that's Tim Egoepe. You know, plus they lost, the, uh, you know, basically the guy that was supposed to be the man this year in the paint, Caduce Wahab, who transferred to Maryland. So I think Georgetown's a little wounded uh, in that regard right now, uh, you know, particularly based on Ego Efe's injury. So if they can just take advantage of that, take care of the boards, you know, just, just kind of keep, keep Georgetown out of the paint and limit the second chances. And that means, hey, that means fewer threes for Caden Rice and fewer looks for Abdino Muhammad. Uh, and I think that could that could lead to quite a bit of success for Syracuse yeah, and, this weekend. And to that point, Kevin, they, you know Syracuse might not even have to win the battle on the boards; just keep it close, right? I mean, you lost. Yes. You know, they were minus twenty-one on the glass against Villanova. That obviously can't happen. But if they can keep it at least within like single digits, uh, that gives them a, a good chance to to win this game. Kevin, great stuff. Thanks so much for coming out. It was great catching up with you. Uh, continued success to you. Hey, be well, guys. Enjoyed it. All right, there he is, Kevin Fitzgerald, play-by-play man for ESPN. With that, we'll take a timeout. Full line's now open, 315-437-7644. I'm curious to hear from our, our listeners how much this game means to you. And and it probably means more to the older listeners than the younger listeners, but do you like having this game on the schedule? I do. I think Paulie does. We'll talk more about it. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Time for our weekly pick segment. And for that, we bring in our producer, Jordan, to uh, to give us an update on where we stand and uh, to go through this week's lines. Jordan, what's up? Not much, Steve. Not much. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Steve's winning. Oh, yeah, you're winning. Uh, Steve, you went 3-2 and two this past week. Pauly... You went two and three, I believe, Paul. That's going to bring you three games below five hundred. What the hell's my record? Let's uh three below five hundred, and I'm like eight above five hundred. So you're in a little bit of trouble. How do we not trouble. have our records? Well, before we get to the record, let me explain something that's going to be a little different with this week's uh, picks. There's only going to be one college football game available, and that's going to be Army Navy. So what I'm doing is I'm going to give y'all the opportunity to pick an extra game. You're going to pick SU basketball 
It's the CBW sketchy line of the week found on the depths of the internet. Syracuse, a two and a half point favorite over Georgetown. So that is right there for you to pick as well. Steve, looking pretty good, man. You are 31, 23, and one. Paulie, after a two and three week, you are 26, 28, and one. How many games back am I? That's where I want to know. Like, I what do you want, dude? Do you so want your record? I've, you got, your... I've got 31 wins. You've got 26. So you're five wins back. I got some work to do. And uh, I was right again. By the way, I'm 9-1 and one on this Oh, season. good for you. Just saying. You know your record right off your bat. Because yeah. he doesn't lose. Like, yeah. he's, it's it's whatever and one. He's Undefeated. A, he's a me monster. Never lost. Never lost. Little, little of our ball there. Just make some picks. And full disclosure, I got these lines to these two like 10 minutes ago. So my fault. My fault. All right. So do you I'll, want me to do you want I me want you to, to start? Okay, sure. Why not? Go for it. I'm I'm there's a reason I give you guys these lines. There's a reason. Make your pick. Just to prove to you that I'm always right no matter what sport, give me the CBW sketchy line of the week. Syracuse minus two and a half over Georgetown. I think it could be like a ten point game. I really do. I, I am surprised that the line is this close. Um, Again, it's an unofficial line found on the depths of the internet. Okay, so, yeah. So if, I, if I'm if i allowed to take this, I'm going to take Syracuse as well. And I'm not just picking it because I forgot every other line available. It's a rivalry game. I would never do that. Can't touch it. What do you mean can't? I, I'm touching it. I'm going MC Hammer on it. Can't touch it. You're not going to take this game? No. That, that line isn't too juicy for you? No. Give it to me. I want it. I want Syracuse two and a half. Let's go. Homer status on both sides. No, Paulie, not, give Jim Beheim his wins back. Steve, give me. That's SU not Homer status. Syracuse is better than Georgetown. I, they better be, Steve. I don't want to come in studio Monday if they're not. I really don't. I mean, yesterday, without skipping a beat, when we had to pick the, with Dan here from Wildcat Sports Pub, you said, yeah, Syracuse is going to win. The line's two and a half. That's one three point. All right, I'll do it too. But I can't. Wait, I, we I, can't I, peer pressure you. Oh, right. You can't. You I can't. can't. I need to. You I need to distance to, yourself. I need to, yeah, I need to gain ground here. I'm running out of time. Right. All right, so you got a five game so back. So, so Paulie's hoping Georgetown wins tomorrow. That's what you I'm just off. heard. That's gonna, what you just are heard. Are you going to pick Georgetown? No. That would be staying a great away way to from catch it. up. That would be a great way to catch up. No. Uh, do, do you want me to go first, Paulie, so you can Yeah, we you already can, did. You can bet against me? Oh, right, okay. I'm going to take uh, <laughs> the Ravens. Yeah, that worked out well. I'm going to take the Ravens at the Browns. Yeah, I got that one too. Ravens are a three-point dog. Three-point right? underdog, yeah. Take the better team. It's Paulie's strategy. I'm with him on that. Give me the ri- yeah, I'm I sorry. I see what I, you're doing here, I know, Steve. Paulie, I have you, them written down. Uh, I have them written down right here. No, you're Ravens. Remind me next week, I think Steve should give all five of his picks first. Steve is doing the prices right thing right now. We've been no, discussing a lot. He's no. betting $1 on there, it. He's see, just, for, for the people on Q Sports Talk, I wrote down my five picks. That is among them. Paulie, what's your second pick, buddy? I'm going to take the Saints minus five and a half at the Jets. So no, no, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have that one. I, I um, could see you having it and then just <laughs> feeling bad and pivoting. <laughs> Giving a different one? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Vegas uh, plus 10 at Kansas City, as Paulie likes to say, a whole lot of spread. Um, Kansas City's kind of figured some things out, but they're not blowing people out. Um, it's a divisional game. It means a lot. You know, 10 points is a lot. So I, I think Vegas keeps it relatively close. 
I am going to take the Cowboys minus four and a half versus Washington's football team. I'm going to keep my uh, my stretch going here with taking underdogs, and this is a little bit of a homer pick. Um, when you went, I thought the line was three. When you made it three and a half, I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. So give me the Bills three and a half point underdogs at Tampa Bay. There, this is you know desperation time to some degree for the Bills coming off that loss to the Patriots. They're in the final playoff spot right now. It's Tom Brady on the other side. This one means a lot to the Bills. Give me Buffalo. Give me the Just Bucks. A- just a quick recommendation, Steve. Uh, the Man in the Arena episode this week was about uh, when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you might get a kick. People out are saying, people are Kevin from Liverpool is saying that the spread is ten and a half for the Syracuse game. Okay, Kev, send it in, send it in because I trust CBW. See, I I tend to agree with Kevin. Like I, when you said two and a half, I was like that can't be. But you said two and a half. I, I locked in. I gave you my money at two and a half. But if it's that's... not a real line, that's garbage. All right. Look, I have no problem changing my pick because I, I have one that I'm pretty confident in. So um, just let me know what you want me to do. I'm going to be right no matter what. All right. We'll we'll uh, discuss once we kind of get an official line here. Well, as I'm getting the day my progresses. alternative pick out then just in case. Okay. The Browns are a dumpster fire. I think Vegas and everyone else is overreacting to a couple bad games from the Ravens. You guys both took Ravens plus three. I was shocked the Browns were favorites in that game. If we're not allowing that SU line, I'm taking the Browns to cover because there's Because there's a reason you're saying that Vegas has them favored. It just shocked me, and when it shocks me, it's because Vegas knows more than I do. I think the Browns come out and win. I really do think the Ravens should win that game, but Vegas knows more than me. That's why I trust them. And that would fall in line with uh, our theme that when Paulie and I pick the same game, we generally lose it. So. Although with Pittsburgh, the Panthers did you guys both well over That's this right. past weekend. That's true. So maybe we reverse the curse. That's true. I did predict a, an eight-point Vikings win last night, by the way. I'm just th- I mean, just throwing I know it doesn't count, but I said Vikings are going to win by eight. By the way, the fake on slides a last second missed now. On a last-second drop pass. I, I predicted all that. What would you say? Fake slides illegal now. Shout out Kenny Pickett. Did they make it it's illegal? An official yes, rule. it's illegal. They changed the it's rule illegal. last night. I didn't see that. Last yes, they night did. they acted quickly. Yeah, they got rid of the fake slide. How do you know what a fake slide is? You though? saw Judgment that. Ball. Yeah, no, but you saw that. You, he, what he did was a fake slide. That was garbage. It's a non. Wait, Forrest should have taken his head off the next. I, I mean, it was a fake slide, but I mean, how are they going to enforce that? Couldn't the quarterback say I, I stumbled or I? Non-reviewable it, judgment call. Judgment call. And then Kenny Great. Pickett had the nerve to be like, "I've been watching too many Michael Vick highlights." No, dude, you're a coward. He wasn't a coward. That, coward. Was a, that was a good play. I mean, that was that was him circumventing I the rules. The moral compass of ESPN Radio Syracuse to be better than this, Steve. That wasn't morally if I, wrong. If I saw you fake slide, I would be so. He was disappointed. gaining a competitive advantage. It was within the rules. Now they changed the rules. Gain a competitive advantage. Early odds. What, what Gary Gate did, the air gate, was that you know was that going against your moral compass? He, it wasn't a rule. So what does Kenny Pickett play for? So he doesn't because he doesn't play for Syracuse. It means that he went against his moral compass. You said it, not me. We have some picks to get to. According to Fan you. Nation, in an article written by our good friend Mike McAllister, Syracuse is a ten-point favorite. Okay, well, that sounds more realistic. To okay, me. well, CBW, the one time I took your line and used it, buddy, the one time. All right, well, uh, we're gonna have to reassess then. Um, the other game I'm taking, I'm gonna. I'm take- taking it off the table. I've gotten publicly. Publicly roasted. All right, fine. It's we'll, off the table. Fine, we'll take SU off the table. Uh, you said I could, I could take the the Army Navy game. Yeah. Uh, Army's favored by a touchdown. Army hung with Wake Forest. Army hung with Wisconsin. Um, 
I think Army is the much better team. Give me Army to to cover the touchdown. Paulie, back to you. I am looking at a lot of spread that I like, and I never like a lot of spread. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers minus 12.5 against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers came out this week and said he doesn't regret saying he owns Chicago, by the way, so he'll be motivated. I don't know where my sheet with the lines – I think you took it, actually, Jordan. So I don't I don't have the lines. I have to pick another game. Paulie, I'm trying to help you, Thank buddy. You, bro. Don't say I never did anything for you, okay? So now I have to pick one, like, on the fly, <laughs> uh, which is always dangerous. You have the Monday night football game available, too, since there's a shortage of college football. That was nice of you. Uh, Although odd, hold on, Odd Shark has it at two and a half. Too late. Sorry, it's all. It's the such a discrepancy. I th- I think we should probably take it. I, I agree with Jordan here, even though I like SU two and a half. Go ahead and take it off the table. Um, and thank you, Kev. By the way, thank you, Kev from Elpool. If you're not in the Q Sports Talk chat, you're missing out the opportunity to help me produce the show that I supposedly produce. Q's in the house is the one that came to your rescue. Okay, Q's in the house too. You guys are all great. Uh, I took the Texans last week to keep it close, and they got absolutely destroyed. I know. I um, and I think they. it seems like the Texans now are all in on tanking and going after the number one pick, especially after the Lions won. Um, so give me the Seahawks. It's a lot of spread, but I think the Texans are content to lose 31 nothing. so I'll take the Seahawks. Steve, do you want an asterisk next to this one? Because yes, please. I- I get it right either way. Why did you do if SU if SU wins by three or more, and the Seahawks don't cover, I get credit. That's what that's what we're saying. We could just make it six picks this week if we really want. No, it's it, no. Let's keep it five. Okay, that means I officially have the Browns. By the way, to cover three. By the way, uh, Jordan, before you get out of here and we kick you out, uh, good job last night with uh, yeah, jo- you did. Yeah, I watched some of Joe it. Joe Girard, you did do a good job. It's on demand on QSportsTalk.com. There was some good stuff. Are you apologizing because you called me an attention something earlier on our Orange Nation pre-show, which you can only get on Q Sports Talk? No, you were. You you went fishing for compliments on Facebook last night. I'm not on Facebook, so I didn't know that. You legitimately did a nice job. And you I, did. I texted you last night. You did, and that was very thoughtful. It, that's a good way to get people to watch, too, so keep that up, too. Put on your social media, like, sappy posts. It's people true. Be, people will be like, oh, he it's was so true. nervous. I need if to see this. If you're watching the Devo show on Q Sports Talk, 10 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's a true story. He was in Marshall Square Mall when I was a freshman at Syracuse University, and I saw him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that Eric Devendorf? And I was too petrified to say a word to him. I know it's overdramatic. It is a true story. Okay, and then you, this is what shocked me. He wrote Facebook last night that he failed an air check. At this radio station. Yeah. And I was like, who gave you an air check and made you feel like you failed? Like, I am a jerk to work with. I'll admit it. I would never let somebody leave an air check, which is where you listen to a tape of somebody and go over it with them. Feeling like they were a failure. Well, no. Like so I would what we say, used to do I would for say, those is we would record practice updates with Seth Goldberg. And so I was coming in and writing those and whatnot, and I just stunk, I guess. And he wouldn't let me do those Sports Center updates. Well, yeah, I w- but I would have said like, "Hey, you know what? This is what you need to do to get to that next level." Well, by failed, I just mean I couldn't get on air. Yeah, I would have never told you you failed. I would have told you what you needed to do. I don't think to he was, make it. He wasn't mean about it, but I couldn't get on. You air. worded it 
You worded it like he failed you. <laughs> look at you now, Jordan. Yeah. Is, there anything, is there anything you want to say to one Seth Goldberg while you have the opportunity? Yeah, look at me now. I interviewed <laughs> Joe Girard last night. No, um, Seth, Seth, thank you for all the guidance. And Seth maybe you is should good come people. on the show sometimes. Yes. Seth, I hope you're having fun in the NBA. Just like I'm about to have fun leaving the studio, all because of Bugs Be Gone. You know it. If you need help removing pesky pests from your home or your radio studio, you can visit BugsBeGone.biz. That's Bugs Be Gone with two E's, just like the bug and just like I do to Stephen Pauly every day on Orange Nation. And Benny Williams and Buddy Beheim coming in the future on QSportsTalk.com. Nice. QSportsTalk.com. Watch uh, Joe Girard and our, our little Jordan, who's grown up right before our eyes. Am I corporate Capozzi now? I'm like a promo machine. Yeah? You can't you can't give yourself a nickname. Yeah. I mean, I like the nickname, but it's got to come from somebody else. So I'm, I'll try to plant the seed I for have you, started. I have started this. If you are a fan of Jordan, which I know there's not a lot, Flow Bros. You're a Flow Bro. If you're like Jordan, you have to give context. They called me Flo back when I was doing mornings over. Oh, everybody on, knows on TK ninety nine. And also, uh, Jordan, and I had a nice talk last night, and I told them to keep up the good work, champ. It felt very <laughs> because unnatural. It, it happened because yesterday he was trying to explain something to me, and Steve got to see me go full bore dad on him in the kitchen of our office yesterday. <laughs> I go just talk and tell me what's wrong like i had to yell at him just to get to the point and steve was like washing his hands like <laughs> oh boy what am i what, what am i part of right now a great time to fake a folk oh kip, kip, <laughs> another christmas tr- okay i'm on my way this is a big weekend for the christmas tree situation um it still doesn't have not have any decorations on it you mentioned yesterday paul you said we don't have a tree we have a big house plant right now and you're that is absolutely the case so my dad is going to get a Christmas tree this weekend, and the decision will be made, I believe, by Sunday whether we're going to stick it out with the one we have or if we're going to start over and get another one. So does that I will, mean we'll have we'll the pleasure of being joined by Kim and Fonty next week? Potentially, we'll see. Game? Potentially. All right, bugsbegone.biz, everybody. Have Kim pick out my gift. I feel safer. I feel like that would be a better. Oh, gift. from me to you. Yeah, have her yeah. pick it out. I'm just assuming you're getting me one. Jordan, well, of course Jordan, so. I'm also saying this before you walk out. Do not buy Steve and I gifts. Yeah, right. You, do not. Your gift to us is your hard work every yes. day. Do not get us gifts. You you don't even have hot water in your apartment. It's, is, is, that, is that an order? Is that an order for my boss? Yes, this is Okay, I don't listen to you anyway, so <laughs> I'm getting you guys some. No, this isn't your girlfriend saying don't get me something. This is us saying don't get us anything. Okay, boss, I'll listen to you just like I always do. And, and my, my last request, and I mentioned this to you off air, is you need to find out how much Polly spent on me. No, that's garbage. No. That is absolute garbage. Do not tell him. It, it gives me some guidance. I'm going to leave it a mystery, Steve. You buy a, a gift of what you think I'm worth. <laughs> I'm not sure I can afford that, Polly, because that's how much value you bring to this program. All, you may be one of the show, show followers IQ Sports Talk We'll leak it to you because I shared with oh, them. Oh, you what did. I, you yeah. told them what you I told me. them what I got. All right. I would like to know. I'd like to know ballpark what I'm spending. No, that's such trash. No, it's not it's trash. It's the thought that counts. You okay. can't know. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we're up against the clock here. We'll take our final time out. We'll wrap up the show right after this.